So I was up last night too late, which tends to happen to me on weekends. Pretty much every weekend I'm up late watching a movie, doing whatever. Last night I was watching, re-watching Spider-Man Homecoming after I finished the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka, Ahsoka, I don't know how it's pronounced, but watching that series. By the way, the new Sp- er, those Spider-Mans are great. Homecoming's great. I think tonight's Far From Home. I'm going to watch that tonight, but long story short, I was up late kind of the quiet stillness of the night, kind of those hours where your creativity and passion and thoughts just meld together. I'm, and I realized I'm a night guy, and tonight, or I guess tomorrow, technically, we're going to you know set our clocks back an hour, gain an hour of sleep, but lose an hour of daylight. And I've always been very anti-daylight savings time, and I, I just kind of realized to myself, I think this whole debate about the people that want to get rid of daylight savings time permanently or the people that want to keep daylight savings time permanently, it's all about whether you're a night person or a day person or a morning person. Sorry. Morning people, most morning people I know, ranging from podcast hosts to friends I have, they'd be fine with getting rid of DST permanently because you get more light in the morning. They're morning people. They don't care if it gets dark at night. But then I was thinking to myself, I'm a night person and I'm very fine with staying light out longer and being dark in the morning. Who cares if it's dark in the morning? So anyways, I've I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I just want to talk about (laughs) daylight savings time and why I think it should be permanent. And it's not just my emotional attachment to that, but I think there are actually benefits for it. So most of you are aware, right? In March, we spring forward, lose an hour of sleep, leading us to the season of daylight savings time, which I love. Of course, you lose an hour of sleep the first day, but over time, it's better. Now, tomorrow, we fall back, meaning it gets dark. And if you're like me, I think you start getting more and more depressed because you get off work at five, and it's either already dark or almost dark. When I was in Chicago, I mean, it was bleak. You know, the weather gets really cold, windy, icy. And then on top of that, you get out of class, exit the building, you're freezing your ass off, and it's pitch black. <laughs> and so, and then by December, even here, it's it's already, you know, pitch black. Not not great. And part of me has always loved the summer because you can just sit on the porch with a beer and a book and listen to some music until like 8 p.m. Yeah, you have to avoid the flies and mosquitoes, but you can stay out there. And I remember that when I lived in Spain, oh my gosh, it would be light out till like 10 like I could go on a walk at 9:30 and it would still be light out. Maybe I, I don't know if we, I need I needed to be light out till that late, but it was kind of cool, you know. And yes, when when kids would have to go to school in the morning, it would be dark, but hey, the Spanish have better life expectancy than us, so obviously something's working out there. But I, I I remember I think the second time I was in the Netherlands too, it was in June and it was crazy. It was like 10:30 and there was still some light in the sky. I like that. And I think this is because daylight savings time, fun fact for you, is more noticeable the further you are from the equator, right? Makes sense. But anyways, I'm not going to rant about the fun facts or my reflections on Spain and stuff, but we're going to talk about my disdain for setting the clocks back. So first, I should note that it's kind of a bit confusing to me as to why we've had periods where we set the clocks back, where we've had standard time, where we've had permanent daylight savings time. We've kind of gone through these different reasons. And I think part of it is international reasons. You kind of want to have some sort of standardized time changes. So even though, you know, it's a nine hour time difference right now between us and Madrid, 
you, you want to keep that. You don't want to all of a sudden have it be a 10-hour difference or an 8-hour difference. You know, it, it gets complicated. That's one of, that would be one of my theories. Also, you know, we always hear that it's better for kids, younger kids, to have light in the morning, better for adults to get, get that sunlight right in the morning. It's better for your circadian rhythm, meaning that the melatonin that you naturally secrete or not secrete, you naturally release, uh, it goes away when you're exposed to more light in the morning, so you're more alert. That's definitely an argument. There's health arguments about that as well. I think I think it's kind of confusing, actually, as to why we've gone back and forth, though. But either way, the United States has grappled with time changes for quite some time. <laughs> no pun intended. And Benjamin Franklin, one of the first people who talked about daylight savings time in the United States, you know, that was a while ago, if you guys forget him. And interestingly... Our government stopped observing daylight savings time after World War I ended, but re-implemented it during World War II. Kind of adding to that as well, from my understanding, Congress actually decided to make daylight savings time permanent for two years. That was 1973 to 1975. They extended the hours of daylight basically to conserve energy during the oil embargo crisis that happened, right? And I kind of find that interesting because if they deemed it beneficial to do that at that time, it probably tells us that maybe it was worth maintaining. That would be my instinct there. But I guess, interestingly, the Department of Transportation reported in 1975, in quotes, that modest overall benefits might be realized by a shift from the historic six-month DST to year-round in areas of energy conservation, overall traffic safety, and reduced crime. But... I guess further reports and another Department of Transportation report a year later said that these were probably minimal benefits and difficult to distinguish from seasonal variations and fluctuations in energy prices. So nothing happened, and here we are today. And then in 1986, Congress enacted PL99359, which amended the Uniform Time Act, basically changing those six-month periods. It was like from April to March and from mid-October to late October, that lasted until 2007. Then we had new changes again, blah, blah, blah. And since then, state assemblies, state governments, ranging from like Nevada to Ohio to Washington, have all proposed making um, daylight savings time permanent. Ohio makes sense to me, just looking at where it is on the map. It's kind of like two east for the middle, or sorry, two east for the Midwest time, but two Midwest for the East Coast time. So they kind of get screwed by these clock changes. <laughs> and so also as of this fall, 2023, there's been a number of state bills. There's also been a bill in the U.S. Senate that Marco Rubio was involved in, but nothing has really changed. They've failed to pass. And so here we are. So personally, I keep praying it changes. But basically the argument for having permanent daylight savings time is that the extra daylight helps reduce crime, car accidents, energy consumption, also, people can go outside and play more, which I think is a big thing. Back to a Spain rant for just a second here. I think one of the reasons why a lot of Europeans are healthier is because they, they play more. They go outside more. Like after work, they go on walks or go to a pub and meet up and talk or go to soccer practice and whatnot. And of course, Americans do that as well. But when it gets dark at five, it's just not as appealing to go out and recreate. Yeah, you can go to the gym. But like I went on a run ooh, two days, three days ago, and you know I had to kind of watch the clock when I got off because it's already getting darker. And I'm like, geez, well, I have about an hour before it's pitch black, and I don't really like running in the dark. So anyways, that's, that's one of the things. Now, opponents uh, for permanent daylight savings time 
as Tom Nichols argues in The Atlantic, in quotes, go on about why it's unhealthy to fall out of sync with the sun, about why a practice first instituted more than a century ago is outdated, about how much human productivity is lost while we change the clocks and so-so. Personally, I actually think the arguments are probably better for permanent daylight savings time. I, I recognize the health one and the circadian rhythm one for sure, but financial less usage of energy at night. I'm sure it's minuscule, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm sure that one hour is not gonna like save a household much energy costs. But I think if you looked on a national level consumption, it, it could impact it. There's also just mental health. A lot of people get seasonal affective disorder, sad. When I was in Chicago, I had a sad light and pretty much everyone I knew had a sad light because you know it gets dark and you need something to kind of boost you up in there. And there's a lot of people do get affected by seasons, especially if it's also rainy and cold and you can't go outside and it's dark. That can add on people. I've, I've felt that personally, like when I was in Chicago. Um, physical health, as I talked about, people can actually go on a walk after work, go on a run, go outside, go on a bike ride, go, go play soccer, play some tennis, whatever. You know, you, you don't have to get up bright and early to work out before if there's still some light in the afternoon. Now, some people still do. Again, morning person versus night person. But there's also the traffic safety. Yes, there's people driving in the morning, but usually by the time you're driving to work, it's light out either way. But at night, a lot of people are either driving to dinner, getting home from work, taking their kids to practice, going to the movies. A lot of accidents happen when it's dark. I know my whole life, my dad would always try to get us home before it was dark because he just doesn't like driving at night. A lot of people don't like driving at night. And more accidents do happen when it's dark. <laughs> That's just, that's just the way it is. And more light could make it safer. Crime. Crime can happen any time of the day, but opportunists would probably prefer to commit crimes, to mug, whatever it may be, at night. So I think, I think generally speaking, and I don't have the numbers, this is more of an assumption, but I think more people are out after work than they are before work. Towns seem busier in the evening than they do earlier in the morning. So if it's light out, and there's other people around you, it's probably less likely for crime to happen, though of course it'll still happen. But when it's dark out, tr crime usually happens at night, so crime could go up. Again, all of these things could be minuscule to an individual, but I think on a national level, you could probably see some interesting, interesting numbers on that. And again, part of why I think some people like it being light in the morning and would prefer to get rid of DST is because I think our American culture is kind of a, a morning culture. It's kind of this nonstop, ambitious, almost too invested in efficiency over well-being. And we're the only country I've lived in, you know, where people brag about how early they get up and how much they get done before they even start work, basically how much work they get done before they go to work. Uh, I think we're the only country I've lived in where people have meetings scheduled for like eight in the morning. I feel like we could all kind of chill a bit. Tom Nichols' Atlantic article highlights the Chevron CEO um, Mike Worth's um, schedule <laughs> um, reported by the Financial Times. Here's just an example. 3.45 a.m., wake up for a 90-minute gym workout. 5.15 a.m., cup of coffee and reading half a dozen newspapers. 6 a.m., shower and head to the office. 6 p.m., back for dinner with his wife. 9 p.m., bed and reading. 10 p.m., asleep. So... Five of what five hours and 45 minutes of sleep. I don't know if I believe he reads six newspapers in 45 minutes. I'm guessing he skims them. That would be my assumption. But five and a, five hours and 45 minutes of sleep in a nonstop day. 
you know, you wonder why there's always these talks of burnout. <laughs> this might be one of those reasons, right? So anyways, I'm a night person. There, there are morning people. I don't judge. This is just more me ranting. And I, I think there are benefits to daylight savings time. And, you know, the last thing I'll say back to Tom Nichols' article, because I think it's funny. He's, he's a neoconservative Russia expert, Naval War College. And he just kind of puts out this ranting piece called Overthrow the Tyranny of Morning People. And he kind of talks about things I have, too, about you know, kind of how our society is sort of dominated by efficiency in the morning and morning people. And I have to agree with him. I have to pretty much agree with him. And the, I just want to read his kind of final passage because I, I totally agree with it. He says, yes, I know. Kids will have to get up in the dark for school. Here's one answer. Instead of setting the clocks back, maybe we should stop sending kids to school so ridiculously early, especially teenagers who have a hard time learning in the early morning. Doctors and educators have been suggesting this for years, but we don't listen because we remain convinced that industrious people get up early in the morning and lazy people sleep in. You preach. Preach, brother. Anyways, let me know your thoughts. <laughs> you guys might think I'm crazy for, for doing a whole episode on this, but I don't know. I have strong feelings about this. The one good news is I can set the clock back, and I, I will get one extra hour of sleep for Sunday, and I guess I'll celebrate that. And actually, one more thing I'll add. It's, I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but I totally forgot. Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. I recommend people read it. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, and, and he actually talks about how some people are just night owls and some people are early risers. And his basic argument is that evolutionarily and just for survival, our ancestors needed people to be up at night to protect the tribe. And we also needed people that would be productive in the early parts of the morning. So it's just kind of a trait that's been normal in humans. So I don't think it's a choice like some people think. I think some people, as he talks about in the book, are just built to be up at night and others aren't. So anyways, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. Have a great Saturday. Don't forget to set that clock back. Well, I guess our phones do it automatically anyway, so it's a mood point.